Hi, I'm Ashley Cooley, a birth baby and sleep specialist and mom of three. There's so much information out there, right? This show is dedicated to helping you clear out the noise so you can figure out what will work best for your baby and your family. If you're looking to learn more about your baby, gain more confidence in your parenting, and get as much sleep as you can through it all, you've come to the right place. Bringing up baby is about to get a little easier. everybody, Ashley Cooley here, owner of Birth Baby Sleep, mom of three, host of the Bring a Baby podcast, and we're back finally after a couple weeks hiatus. I, I really try to stay regular with these episodes because I know personally I appreciate when there's a new episode of my favorite show or I'm anxious to learn more so I can't wait until a new episode comes out. Anyway, you might not be so tied to this podcast (laughs) as I am, but uh, we've had a couple of snow days, some sick kids hanging around here a little bit more often than usual, so we had to put a little pin in it. But anyway, I've been waiting, I've been dying to bring you this episode because who doesn't want to learn about how they can help their little ones nap better? And short naps are so, so common. First of all, they're not just common, they're normal. Um, but they're incredibly common and not necessarily a bad thing. In fact, a nap is a nap. We will celebrate a nap however long it is. But there may come a time or there may come a point where you start noticing that your baby could use some longer naps um, because you're noticing as maybe as the day goes on, they're really starting to get pretty fussy and just not enjoying themselves as much because you see that overtiredness maybe building up. Maybe they're struggling with their night sleep too, and you've done a little bit of searching or learning, and you know that good sleep makes for better sleep. So we want them to sleep well during the day so they sleep well at night and vice versa. So you may be thinking, if your little one is having some short naps, how can we help to lengthen those? And that's exactly what this episode is going to be about. So first of all, I want you to know that what what is a short nap? Let's talk about that for a second. A short nap is basically in the vicinity of about 30 minutes, okay? That's usually one sleep cycle worth of sleep for the kiddos that are over about three to four months of age. Let's talk about that for a second too. When, when we have a newborn and maybe how many times do I hear as a sleep consultant, oh, they were sleeping really well as a newborn or when they were one, two months of age, you know, we're, we were getting like super long naps, hours long. And then there came a point where now they're sleeping shorter. So they weren't once a good sleeper and now they're a bad sleeper. Their sleep actually changed. Their Well, their whole bodies changed. Their systems changed. They didn't even have their own circadian rhythm, their own internal body clock when they were born. They were spending some time getting one working and getting one going. So they're just different. It's not good or bad, right or wrong, just things changed. Now they are different. Now they are more mature. And maybe now the naps have gotten shorter and we want to get them longer again, because who doesn't love an extra couple of minutes to say, have your own shower by yourself without (laughs) interruption, or you can drink a hot beverage without having to heat it up in the microwave a million times. So lots of reasons to maybe want those longer naps. So again, just so you know that short nap is normal. It is common. It is somewhere in the vicinity of about 30 minutes, but it could be as short as say 20 minutes. It maybe is as long as 40 minutes, but roughly 30 minutes. And this is one sleep cycle for your baby. That's over the three to four month 
range. Okay. Um, and so one sleep cycle is when they fall asleep, what a sleep cycle is, is when they fall asleep, they go, usually go down into a deep sleep. They get into a deep sleep where cells rejuvenate growth hormones peak, like all sleep is good sleep and necessary, but deep sleep is in particularly the really restful restorative kind of sleep. So when they're able to get into a deep sleep and then they kind of start to come out of it a little bit towards the end of that sleep cycle, now they're in a lighter state of sleep. Now it's much easier for them to wake up. And they often do when they get to a certain age because they're just more aware and that awareness and the development that's gone on has really made it a lot harder for them to sleep and rest and kind of check out during the day. Uh, They get FOMO, right? But now let's talk about what a long nap is. Essentially, it's anything over an hour. So if your little one is able to nap for at least an hour, it pretty much means that they've been at least able to get two sleep cycles worth of sleep in that nap, making it much more restful and restorative because they were able to get into that deep sleep or stay there longer than they otherwise would have. So now they wake up and are feeling much more rested and can get through the day a little bit easier probably. So a long nap is what what we're looking for for a long nap is at minimum an hour. Anything over an hour is considered bonus. And as a sleep consultant who's worked with families for about eight years or so in this world, I can tell you that it varies so, so, so much how long babies will nap for and how old they are and that kind of thing. Some babies will nap for an hour and a half, two hours, easy. And others are only getting that hour or maybe an hour and 15 minutes, but they're doing it a couple times a day. So honestly and truly, if you get at least an hour of napping out of your little one, they that's considered a long nap and they've gotten some really good, deep, restorative and restful sleep. So when we're looking at lengthening naps, we're actually not even trying to target all of the naps. It's like I said, common and normal for them to have short naps. And there's only really two naps of the day that need to be longer. And when we're talking about this, I'm talking about those that are napping more than twice a day already. Okay, so if you have, say, a seven, eight plus month old and they're napping twice a day, we want those two naps to be at least an hour each, okay? If not a little bit more, but at least an hour each. When your little one is still napping three or four times a day, and so they're basically under, they're under eight months at some point, it really varies, but generally babies are dropping from three to two naps between six and eight months of age. So under eight months of age, they're napping three times, maybe four times, because again, those days are long and those naps are short. We only really want to focus on lengthening or helping them to lengthen the first two naps of the day. These first two naps have been shown to be more mentally and physically restorative to the body. We First of all, the first nap, we often talk about, you might hear this or see it as you Google and learn about sleep yourself, that the first nap of the day is usually an extension of night sleep. That's why it has the shortest wake window. That's why they're only awake for the shortest amount of time when they first wake up in the morning to having a nap again. And then you notice as the day goes on, they can stay awake just a little bit longer. Um, And so it really is kind of an extension of their nighttime sleep. Really, really mentally restorative. The afternoon or midday nap is really physically restorative. And so that's where we want them, if possible, if we can help them get there, or we want to encourage that, 
uh, they get at least an hour for the first nap and the second nap. The third nap, and maybe still the fourth nap, if they're still needing a fourth one, depending on their age and how short those naps are, those naps, those afternoon ones, they're actually only meant to be short. They're meant to be cat naps because their only real purpose is to get them from their second nap, the midday nap, to bedtime without totally losing it, okay? Just to give them that little boost to get through the rest of the day. So that's what I try to focus on with the families that I'm working with or the families in our bringing up baby community membership. When we're talking about lengthening naps, we're only really focused on the first and or second nap. The third and fourth one, we welcome them to be whatever length that they want to be. So while they're meant to be short naps and eventually will be the shorter naps, if your little one is having the long nap of their day as being nap three or four, that too is not a problem. In fact, I actually like hearing that. I I like to hear for little ones that are, they're maybe working on their naps, they're having maybe the short naps earlier in the day, but then in the afternoon they get a longer one. And that to me is comforting uh, because it it's basically telling us that the, their bodies are maybe kind of wishing that they got those longer naps earlier in the day, but for whatever reason weren't able to. So now their bodies are trying to quote unquote catch up on some of that sleep and now they're getting a longer nap in. And eventually it turns around and that longer nap will become one of those first couple of naps a day. So again, nothing that your little one is doing, the way that they are sleeping, however it is, long naps, short naps, however many naps they're getting, it's not wrong. None of it is wrong. If you are just able to help your little one get ready for sleep and try to give them regular opportunities for sleep, that is really what we're looking for. You're doing awesome work. So we know now that short naps are roughly in the vicinity of about 30 minutes, give or take. We know that they are normal and extremely common. We also know that a quote unquote long nap is basically at least an hour, okay, minimum. Anything above and beyond an hour, we consider a bonus and we'll take it. But if all we get is an hour, that is considered a long nap. And lastly, we also know now know that the longer naps, if we are focusing on trying to help our little ones lengthen some naps, we're only really focused on the first two naps of the day, not any other naps that they may be getting, depending on their age, okay? So here are a few different approaches that you can take to try to help your little one lengthen their naps. Some of these really come down to how does your baby fall asleep initially? So if you have a quote unquote independent sleeper, maybe you did some sleep training or maybe not, but they just, they fall asleep on their own. The tactics that you use to help them to get back to sleep could be very different from someone who rocks or feeds or holds their baby to sleep and then is trying to get the longer nap. So I'm, I'm going to cover both basically, um, because as some a sleep consultant and as somebody who helps someone with sleep training, I don't think everybody has to sleep train. Um, not everybody wants to, not everybody needs to. I still want to help whoever is out there to get as much and as best sleep as they possibly can. So we're going to tackle all of it. So if you're holding your baby to sleep and they are sleeping on you and this is a contact nap, the way that you can try to lengthen a nap if they're still only getting those shorter ones is to try to anticipate when they're going to wake up, which is easier said than done for some. So sometimes we notice that 
our little one sleep for 28 minutes and 30 seconds right on the dot or 34 minutes right on the dot. We know they're going to wake up. So that's their sleep cycle. It's not always very clear cut and dry like that for all babies. But if if you have a baby that it is, or you're expecting that 30, roughly-ish 30 minute uh, nap, then a couple minutes before that, if you were just sitting on the couch, maybe, then maybe start standing up and start trying to sway or bounce or rock and do some shushing. And so you're trying to kind of rock them back, lull them back into another sleep cycle without them fully waking up. Have we all been there yet where when we were intervening in the middle of the night or for a nap, if they really fully wake up and start crying and are sitting up or doing that, it's it's like, okay, now it's going to take them that much longer to go back to sleep. So we're trying to nip this in the bud and get them when they're still super drowsy as they're coming out of that sleep cycle and maybe even barely waking up, if not at all, before they get to rock back into another sleep cycle. So if your little one is sleeping on you, you can just try to rock them back, try to be in a darker space maybe, or don't be anywhere where there's like a bunch of stuff going on because that awareness when they wake up is going to keep them awake. Um, But if you can kind of rock them, lull them back to sleep as they're coming out of that sleep cycle, that could help them to keep it going. If they happen to be in a crib or bassinet and they're getting that short nap cycle, then you would try to creep into the room very quietly just a couple minutes before the end of their sleep cycle. And you could pick them up, but that might risk waking them up. So maybe you just put a hand on their chest or on their belly and gently, gently jiggle a little bit side to side. Maybe you're shushing right beside their ear. Um, Or maybe you turn the white noise machine up just a little bit. Again, it's trying to kind of rock them back to sleep almost, but they're still mostly or still asleep. So helping them to link that back that sleep cycle. Another way you can try to lengthen their nap is in particular, if they're in their own sleeping space, getting a short nap, because this is, this is the kicker for some families, for lots of families, is if you hold them or take them for a walk or in your car, they can get the longer naps just fine. But when they're sleeping in their crib, or their bassinet, that's when they're getting the short nap. And so we tend to think, oh, I thought the whole goal was to get them to sleep in their crib, but that's not where they sleep the best. So why are we still doing this? Well, um, you can encourage them to get those longer naps when they're in the crib as well. So if you're putting them to sleep and then you lay them down and then they have the short nap in their own sleeping space, um, if you weren't able to, or you just didn't bother trying to get them back to sleep before that sleep cycle ended, what I just described, maybe you go into their room after they wake up and they cry out to you and you just hold them and rock them back to sleep. And now you're going to hold them for the rest of their nap. And so they're able to get a longer one with you there. What's the point of doing that? Well, if the goal is to eventually have them someday go to sleep on their own or sleep in their own space, you want them to have practice in their crib. Okay, so again, even if it's just 10, 20 or 30 minutes that they're getting and then you hold them for the rest of the nap, A, they're getting a great sleep and B, you're getting them used to being in their own space. So there's nothing wrong with that. Um, Okay, so now let's talk about if you are working on sleep training or independent sleep or maybe you have an independent sleeper so they can fall asleep on their own after a little routine and now we're wanting to help them lengthen the naps. So if they if you have an independent sleeper they've been working on or they have worked on and they have this they know they have this ability to put themselves to sleep at the onset of sleep. So that goes a long way for helping them to link sleep cycles while they're already sleeping 
or to fall back asleep if they woke up prematurely. But daytime naps are a different beast than nighttimes, if you haven't already noticed. Uh, It's just harder. They don't have as much of a drive to sleep as they do at nighttime because they only need short naps. As soon as some light seeps into the room or some outside noises come in, it's like, oh, okay, it's time to keep going and keep playing. Um, And so keeping them in a dark room, keeping the white noise on, if you've got that, if any interaction or check-ins or anything that you're doing, whatever you did to help them fall asleep in the first place is what you'll want to do to get them back to sleep. But you're not going to try this all day long, okay? This takes time and consistency. And the first few times you do it, it may not work, but it's the time and consistency that will get it to work. So what I'm talking about here is you put your little one down for a nap. You do your, well, first you should, you're doing your pre-sleep routine. You're putting them down for a nap. Let's say they're due for their first morning nap at nine o'clock in the morning. So you finish the routine at nine o'clock, you lay them down, you leave the room, they put themselves to sleep within five or 10 minutes or whatever it is. And they get their typical 30 minute nap. Now they're awake. It's about nine 30 or so. And If they are awake and calm or rolling around or sitting up or just doing their thing, let them do their thing for as long as they want. Unless you have somewhere to go and you have to get them up out of the crib and you have to go do something, just because they're awake doesn't mean you have to go get them. And just because they look extremely awake and how could they possibly fall back asleep does not mean that they're not going to be able to fall back asleep. Little story time here. I never would have known this fact if I didn't have a video monitor. So um, my our youngest, who's now five, but when she was from three months to about six months, this was there was a good two or three month period here where she did this almost every day. And I only saw this, I only noticed it because we had the video monitor. So I would put her up for a nap in her crib. She would sleep for about 30 minutes or so, that typical short nap. I would watch her kind of wake up, roll around, play around, talk, whatever, and for almost a full half hour. And then she would fall back asleep again and maybe sleep for 10 minutes or maybe another half an hour or maybe an hour on top of that. So I watched it happen day after day after day where she was awake and fully awake. I could have gone up and she would have been like, hey, let's go. I mean, not saying that, obviously she was only a few months old, but like I watched it happen. And I know this happens with a lot of families that I work with too. So, so you could be very surprised that even though they seem really awake, they still can go back to sleep. So number one is, especially if they're calm, cool and collected and just kind of hanging out, let them do their thing. Don't go and get them to end the nap unless it's been a really long time where they do start crying out or you have somewhere to go, okay? So if they are awake though, if they wake up after that half hour and then they are crying, which is also very common, probably even more common because as your baby gets older, they may cry pretty quickly after waking up after that half hour snooze because maybe they do wish they got that longer nap in. So for the rest of this crib time, we're going to give them basically an hour of crib time that whether they're sleeping or not, they're going to be in the crib for the hour. If they are sleeping, we leave them alone. If they're awake and calm or not 
continuously crying or just kind of doing their thing, we're going to leave them alone because they might go back to sleep. But if they wake up after that short nap and they are crying, this is when you would do your preferred sleep training method to help them go back to sleep. So if you did check-ins or if you left them alone for a bit, or if you were laying with them or in the room with them and trying to shush them back to sleep, this is when you would go and do that for the remainder of that crib hour. So we put baby down at nine. Baby fell asleep within a few minutes. They woke up close to 9.30. We still have about a half an hour left in that crib time. So it starts from when you put them down. So for that half hour, if they're crying, we are helping them to go back to sleep. So if you're doing check-ins or if you're in the room with them and have a hand on them and you're trying to shush them back to sleep, first of all, your presence is going to probably make it more challenging because they already had a snooze and now we're trying to get them to go back to sleep. That is really the hardest part, right? But this is where time and consistency of you keeping them in their room slash their crib, it's still dark, the white noise is still on, any talk that you're doing with them, you're staying calm, cool and collected and be like, I know it's still nap time, we're trying to go back to sleep. But then let's say now it's 10 o'clock, we tried, they didn't go back to sleep. Now we're going to go in and end the nap. We're going to act differently. Um, I call it doing this like wake up announcement. It's like now I'm going to go into the room and instead of keeping it dark and quiet and I'm going to try to get them back to sleep, now I'm walking into the room and it's like, good morning, honey, and open the blinds and turn on the lights and pick you up and leave the room and continue on with the day, a completely different version of myself. So there's so much to this. And this is where the time and consistency comes in is they're tired. You have them in a safe, comfortable, familiar space and environment for them to be able to fall asleep, stay asleep, go back to sleep if they need it. Any interaction that you're doing, same thing that you would do overnight. We want you to stay sleeping. So we're keeping it down low. And, but when it's time to be awake, we get up and we have more energy and the lights are on and et cetera. So the way that you interact is different. Now, if you were trying this and maybe you don't have the independent sleeper, um, and so you, you put them to sleep and then they woke up and then you're trying to get them back to sleep, trying to get them to do that on their own to quote unquote self-soothe without you if they haven't done that at the onset of the nap is it's pretty much impossible to expect them to do it so only if your little one is falling asleep on their own at the onset of sleep so at nap time or at bedtime is you know except for the odd occasion basically can't expect them to be able to link those sleep cycles without your help if you're helping them to fall asleep they're going to need your help to stay asleep So um, that's how we would do that. We would only have the crib hour for nap one and two, because again, those are the only naps that we maybe care about being longer. Nap three and four, you know what? Go for the walk, go for the drive, (laughs) have them sleep while you're out and about um, because maybe they're just trying to catch up on a little bit of sleep, grab the cat nap so they can then go to bed and try again tomorrow. But only focusing on naps one and two, trying to help them to go back to sleep if they had a short one. And you know what? There may be a couple of days where you're trying to get them to go back to sleep and they don't. But trust me, consistency is going to win here because they are still tired. You're giving them that opportunity and you're trying to encourage them to go back to sleep. And so that process, we got to trust it and also let them surprise you. So I hope that helps. I know that helping your little one lengthen their naps can be challenging. I hope, if anything, this episode not only 
explains how you can help them do that, but really also normalizes short naps. You are not alone. Your baby is not a bad baby. They are not a bad sleeper. This is just how they are sleeping. I also want to say too that if they're having short naps and you're getting through the day just fine and your nights are fine and people are happy and I mean, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Okay. So I hope this episode helps you. If you have any questions, you can always find us on social media at birth baby sleep. You might even consider joining our bringing up baby community membership where we talk about this stuff all the time, daily, regularly. We do sessions, um, regular sessions in the group. There's always conversations around this that you can learn from others, learn from myself, um, help others along too. So that is a wonderful community that you might want to be a part of too. Anyway, guys, hope you guys have a great day and have a great week. We'll be back next time and uh, happy sleeping. If you're looking for more information or support along your parenting journey, check out birthbabysleep.ca. That's where you're going to find prenatal classes, postpartum and new baby resources, and sleep support during the childhood years. You can now join our Bringing Up Baby community membership as well, which has tons of additional benefits to helping you through all kinds of sleep challenges and transitions, navigating the transition to solid foods, and even your transition through early parenthood. If you have any questions, just send them my way. Lastly, but certainly not least, if you got something out of this episode or our show in general, leaving a rating or a quick review goes a really long way to helping others find us. So please consider leaving one. That's all for now. I'm Ashley Cooley, and we'll see you back here next time.